Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Livia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. This episode is an interlude, which means we didn't read a book for this week, and um, I can't tell you how excited I am. <laughs> I am for that because I've been a little bit busy lately working on um, other podcast stuff. Um, so yeah, no book this week. We have a couple of topics we're going to talk about, and we're going to try and somehow magically make that an entire hour of conversation. Um, we'll see how it goes, but uh, yeah. What do we got, Livius? I think we should probably um, address the big issues first. The This Is Horror Awards for 2016 have come to a conclusion. And um, I don't know. What's the right thing to do, Rob? There's there's like when you don't win. What is that called? What is the loser? Do Losing? Other than oh. being really bitter, there's, there's <laughs> the, a name, right? Concede? Uh, concede. Concession. Yeah. You yeah. know, I never understood that because what does that mean then when you're at a ball game? <laughs> what does give, that mean? You, you you go to the concession stand, right? Like, yeah, is that you order you that little dogs? microwave pizza or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So I think we need to get hot dogs. That's how you. That's how you concede, yeah. apparently. Yeah. Um, that's probably the tastiest way to concede that I'm aware of. Well, I guess we should probably start off by uh, by saying a, a few words to those people who did support us in this endeavor. Um, do you mind, Rob, if I just go ahead? Oh, please, please. You're always good with the off-the-cuff stuff. I'm good at planning what I say, so I think you're the best for this. Um, This is not the outcome we wanted or we worked so hard for, and I'm sorry that we did not win this award for the values we share and the vision we hold for our country. But I feel pride and gratitude for this wonderful campaign that we built together, this vast, diverse, creative, unruly, energized campaign. You guys that voted for us, you represent the best of America, and being your candidate has been one of the greatest honors of our lives. I know how disappointed you feel because I feel it too, and so do tens of millions of Americans who invested their hopes and dreams in this effort. This is painful, and it will be for a long time. But I want you to remember this. Our campaign was never about one podcast or even one award. It was about the country we love and about building an America that's hopeful, inclusive, and big-hearted. We've seen that our nation is more deeply divided than we thought, but I still believe in America, and I always will. And if you do, then we must accept this result and then look to the future. The Lovecraft Ezine podcast, we owe them an open mind and the chance to lead. That's really kind of all I can say about it at this point. I mean, is that fair? Did I do okay? Did I? You're going to give me a second. That was... uh... It was really touching. So, yeah, um, <laughs> sometimes yeah, you win some and, and you lose the rest. And uh, this time, I don't know if it had anything to do. I don't know. I don't know if the, I don't know these people from the Lovecraft podcast. I don't know if they were colluding with Russians. I don't I don't know what happened. Um, I'm not going to call for an investigation or anything because I'm I'm above that. But I don't know if Rob is. Um. <laughs> You just described my uh, my my night tomorrow night is just going to be uh, nonstop calling for investigations. Um, all along, I th- I've been saying that this is rigged. It started out by uh, with like the actual setup itself, with the um, confusion with the time zones and things like that, and um, even a concession from Michael Wilson himself, who, by the way, I think he's really really close to China, so China might be involved with her hackers and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I guess um, I think that I think we can all agree that 
the 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 actual award process was rigged. It's pretty much just common knowledge now. It's how do we deal with it? And I think Livius and I deal with it by um, deciding, mm-hmm. screw this, we're going to make another podcast. <laughs> yeah, and maybe, maybe next year we could be featured in like the This Is Television podcast awards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I guess while we're while we're talking about rigged um, voting <laughs> scams and whatever, we should probably talk about just a few of the other award winners. Yeah, uh, this al- this is just al- more alleged, evidence. Alleged award winners is what I'm going to go with for this. Um, in the category of novel of the year, um, John Langan um, won for The Fisherman. Um, I'm not familiar with that title, so I, I don't really have. A whole lot to say about that. Congratulations, John Langan. Um, congratulations. Runner-up was Mongrels by Stephen Graham Jones, and uh, that was our pick. So, pretty suspicious that that one also didn't win an award. Yeah, Disappearance at Devil's Rock. No award there. I'm not sure what to make of any of this. <sighs> I don't know, man. It's really confusing. Now, I will say that the novella of the year did go to Victor Laval. For Ballad of Black Tom, which I think that we were, we were uh, on board for that one. So um, something something went in our favor, but I think that was it. I think that was more in uh, more in Victor Laval's favor than in ours, but that's okay. You know, it's funny because I, I really enjoyed that, and the the reason I say that that way now is there are books that you know some time passes, and I don't want to say I don't remember them, and I don't think about them until they're brought up. I actually the, that book. That novella comes to mind more often than than it really has any right to. Yeah, yeah, it was really good, real good. We'll run through some of the other winners real quick. Furnace by Livia Llewellyn. Um, anthol- I'm sorry, that was for uh, short story collection of the year. Anthology of the year went to Autumn Cthulhu, edited by Mike Davis. Fiction magazine of the year, hmm, the Lovecraft E Zine. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. 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 You know, I'm starting. I'm starting to notice a pattern, though. That Cthulhu is a Lovecraft thing too. Hold on. I think the Lovecraft Hold on a second. Hold on. Lovecraft Ezine, edited by Mike Davis, editor of Autumn Cthulhu. I'm gonna take a stab that he may have something to do with the uh, the the podcast of the year. Let's just double check that. The investigation begins. All right, I just went over to iTunes to check out Lovecraft Easing and guess who it's credited to? Would it be Mike Davis? Mike Davis. Hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. Uh-huh. Hmm. So, Publisher of the Year, Word Horde, um, which I don't think is necessarily related to Mike Davis, but I don't know. Fiction Podcast of the Year, Pseudopod, which I've actually listened to quite a few episodes and, and enjoy Pseudopod. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> Nonfiction of the year we already talked about. Um, the runner-up, though, the runner-up for nonfiction of the year was us. Yes. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was the No Fear podcast. All right, it was the No Fear podcast. So there you go. There's your there's your roundup of winners for um, for the This Is Horror 2016 awards um, investigations to continue. That that Mike Davis has got to feel pretty good about himself, <laughs> himself right now. Swept the goddamn. All I know is that the the Lovecraftian folks came out in in droves, apparently, and apparently. voted. 
They yeah. must have their own ticket going. Like they were a power from like the depths or something. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to make a love. I, I don't know. I, was, I don't know anything I, I, about. I, listen, I was so tempted to be like the only thing I know about that Lovecraft guy is he was a fucking racist. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that is the yeah. That's the only thing I know about the author. Yeah. All right. All well, right. congratulations to Mike Davis and the other two people that won an award. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk. Let's look forward to future awards. We have a new podcast. We, I can't tell you how excited I am about this. I can't Holy tell you how crap. excited about most, how most of me is excited about this. Yeah, I um, at some point, you're probably going to run into a very, very brief booked episode, which is really a plug for that podcast. Um, so if you haven't heard that yet, apologies. <laughs> you're probably going to hear this information twice, and who knows, three, six, ten times, however many times we decide to talk about it. Um, we now have a podcast that is called The View. That's right. And yeah. We uh, the idea behind it is that Rob and I watch uh, at a minimum a full season of a of a TV show, and again, like everything else, we didn't start with one full season, right? We're starting with three full seasons and a movie because we don't know how to half-ass do anything. <laughs> yeah, so, we never go we never go small. We always go as big as possible, and then we do more than that. Right. So the idea is that we would watch a minimum of one full season of a TV show, something that's hopefully readily available to everybody. In this case, um, we chose Twin Peaks, which I have never seen all of and and Rob has seen. But kind of in lead up to to the excitement around the new season of Twin Peaks um, that's coming up here in a couple months. We're watching every goddamn episode and we're not reviewing it, (laughs) not necessarily giving it. You know, a thumbs up, thumbs down, or or um, what are those called? The directors, the, yeah. Oh. But you know, those look like five. We give it five little clip. You know, I'm doing the gesture, which probably isn't. Oh, like a it. clapboard. Yes, yeah, five clapboards or anything like that. We're doing a little bit of a deeper dive discussion that's not spoiler free, at least for the individual episodes. But um, we really kind of want your participation in this too. Yeah, we do. So um, we're trying to encourage people to participate in we have a subreddit so for anybody who's familiar with reddit reddit is composed of a bunch of different um discussion boards and so we have an entire um what's called a subreddit and so if you want to participate you go to reddit.com slash r slash the view podcast and we have threads already created where people can join and um after you've watched the episodes that we're preparing to talk about you can make your comments, add your ideas into um, the thread for that episode. Or I'm sorry, for those episodes. And then we will work that those ideas into uh, the inevitable episode that we record for, for those episodes of the show. Right. So we posted um, through the first season. Now, we're not doing one episode per, per um, podcast because that would be... Would we figure out like, like 48 or something? Yeah, and we don't want to do that. So the pilot episode is up for you to listen. Um, there's an episode zero that kind of explains what we're talking about now, so you can probably skip that one. But uh, you're a little late to join in on the pilot conversation. And and probably by the time you hear this, you'll be late to join in on, on the first episode where we cover episodes two, three, and four. But it will give you a, a good idea of what we're doing. And then each um, each thread in the subreddit gives you a deadline on what date we're going to be recording. So you've got up until that point to get any commentary in. Um, we really hope people are participating. I mean, Rob and I are already having fun doing it. 
Um, but we really wanted to pull more people in. So check it out. Yeah. And um, I will say that we have had some comments on um, the pilot, even though it's already been posted. We got some comments after the episode was posted, which is great, which means people are ready to talk about it. Um, now we would just like to see um, as as we release more episodes and people become aware of the podcast um, participation before the fact, too, so that we can really get um, get your thoughts so you can make us sound smart. I think really what it is is like, Livius and I probably think we sound pretty dumb <laughs> about things. We just use your ideas and then we sound cooler. This is a very clever ruse to crowdsource content. It's it's brilliant. Yes. Yeah, I know. That's like I said. Eventually we'll outsource this whole podcast. Someone else will read the books, talk about them. We'll just slap our name on it. We'll James Patterson the shit out of podcasts. See, that's how you make money doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. You just don't do any of the work. Yeah, or you're Mike Davis. <laughs> Yeah, let's change the name of books to the Mike Davis podcast. And, <laughs> the um... Mike Davis show. That's good. We're gonna. <laughs> all right. So, um, breaking news: we now have a third podcast called <laughs> the, the Mike, Mike Davis, Davis show, yeah, <laughs> where we just talk about Mike Davis, which uh, then would be a title because people think like, oh, we're just we're stealing this guy's name for popularity. No, we're just gonna talk about him every episode. Kind of like uh, like we're drafting behind him, you know, like on the highway. If you like drive really close to a semi, you get all their wind. Right. Exactly. Or like that. whatever that's, you know, drafting. It's called drafting. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Um, so, yeah, check that out. Um, the game plan right now is that we're uh, we're doing seasons one and two of Twin Peaks. We're doing um, Firewalk with me. And then week by week, um, you will get commentary and uh, the ability to participate uh, as the new show comes out. So for that one, you'll have to have Showtime. It's on Showtime, right? It is airing on Showtime. And there's 18 episodes of the new season. Yeah, holy shit. So either way, it's six months, no matter how we slice it, no matter how hard I try to spend six months on this, right? Um, So we'll (laughs) be doing that. So um, subscribe, get buy Showtime, or figure out a way to pirate the episodes, or borrow someone's Showtime now, or whatever they're calling it, sign in. I think that's what Rob does, right, with his HBO? Um, No, I pay for my own shit, man. Okay, just check it. I'm no mooch. Sometimes, Sometimes I'm a mooch. Sometimes. (laughs) When that person finally changes the password, I have to subscribe. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, we're really excited about it. We hope you are, too. Um, Go subscribe on iTunes. Um, There is a Facebook page, uh, which I'm sure you could find by searching for The View Podcast. And then there's the subreddit. There's a Twitter. There's a Snapchat. There's not a Snapchat. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't want to get off this topic, but... um... There was responses to our last the Thunderbird episode, and someone thought it was really funny that you said uh, an inner in an Instagram page that we have an Instagram page <laughs> revealing you kids your old madness, you kids and all your fancy technologies. So. Livius is like snapping his suspenders over there. Um, so Livius, now that we have the pilot episode out of the way, what are your how do you feel about it? how do you feel is it every hitting close to what the idea originally was? Um, I think so. Uh, we we rushed it a little bit, right? Because we wanted audience participation, but really, in order to hit <laughs> the new season, we had to kind of move up our our agenda. So, yeah, I think so. Um, we're probably, you know, it was tough for me because, you know, working this out, I haven't seen it before. So you can't just kind of jump in talking about the characters, right? I have to, like, discover. Yeah. So so I think it's a good balance, though. 
because I'm busy discovering shit. You're busy trying not to spoil things for me. Um, I've already, I've already, I'm not going to say who it is, but I've already taken my first stab at who I think killed Laura Palmer. That's available in that first episode. Um, I, I've now seen episodes two, three, and four and have not changed my opinion. Ooh, so you know. that's a little yep. sneak peek of episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I'll say. The thing that I enjoy so far about The View is if you like the general conversational banter of Booked, um, there's actually kind of more of it in this because with Booked, we have to get... we, we ha- There's always this kind of stuffy, like we're, we're trying to explain someone else's words for a little while before we kind of just, you know, ease into um, reactions and thoughts about it. And so there's always this kind of less casual part of, of a book review. And we try to take interviews very seriously too. So um, I think that there's more of an official tone sometimes to the things that we do on booked. Whereas with this, it's just like, Hey, this is our reaction to what's going on. So I feel like we're really, um, more chill, more more laid back, and um, our our natural um, our natural personalities shine through more. So if you're into that kind of thing, like the way we talk in interludes and the way we talk afterwards and stuff like that, this I think it's more evident in in this this new podcast. I can definitely see that. I, I think you're right. I didn't think of it that way, um, but I, I am. Although I'm I'm not loving Twin Peaks. I'll tell oh, you that. God. Okay. I'm not in love with it. Well, but that I might am make for good fun doing the podcast. Yeah, no, I'm I'm having a good time doing the podcast though. So that's okay. that's uh that's the important part. So definitely check it out. Yeah, that was me trying to convince people that you're going to enjoy watching watching that you're going to enjoy listening to the view um, as much if not more than you do listening to booked. We haven't gone into some weird Amazon review just like kind of complete nonsense thing yet, but we're only one episode in, so I'm sure that we will go appropriately off the rails soon enough. Still trying to learn my way around Twin Peaks. I'm probably going to mention this in the next episode, but like, is your your phone is it on vibrate? Because I can hear it all the time, like while we're recording and stuff. But um, my phone's on vibrate <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Whatever stupid boat noise is happening in that show, every time <laughs> makes me think like my phone's vibrating. <laughs> um, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's that's a little stressful. Yeah, yeah. But, um, other than that, it, it is uh, it is what it is. So I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully that we can start. Um, I, I, we haven't talked about this yet, but like having guests on too to talk about Twin Peaks as well. Yeah. Can we get that David Lynch guy so we could ask him what the fuck he was thinking? Yeah, yeah, I'd like to have Kyle MacLachlan on, Sherilyn Fenn, but I don't know. I'd just be giggly if we had Sherilyn Fenn on. Audrey. <laughs> Yeah, because she would just, here's a little thing we'd have her on. She would just sway and dance weirdly the whole time. That would be the best. Would we be wouldn't good. see her. That would, be, it would just be silent and her, like, just kind of sway. I'm doing my, my Sherilyn, what's her name? Fen. Fen. Audrey dance Horn. Right now. Yeah, I'm doing my Audrey Horn dance right now. You guys can't see it, but that's what's happening. I'd be like, thanks so much for joining us. You're the best interview we've ever done. <laughs> All right. Let's stop talking about our podcast and our other podcast, and let's talk about some other people. Um, I'm really excited. Stephen Hall's new book is finished. Right? Like, that's that's all I should have to say. There shouldn't even be conversation yeah. around. That isn't enough for you guys. I, I don't know what uh, what is. Um, just last week, he posted a picture on Twitter that was a, and I don't know. So it was, it was a manuscript, a printed manuscript, and he had very cleverly used his pen to obscure the title. 
Yep. Why the fuck is anybody printing out manuscripts? Like that can't be how his his agent wants it, right? I think it's for um I I took it as like some people when they edit, they want to like, you know, actually mark on a piece of paper instead of doing it digitally. I'm just confused by that. I understand what you're saying. I just and then they mail the manuscript back and he has to like retype the whole like I don't know what yeah. I don't quite get it. Maybe he just wanted to take a really artsy art uh, author photo of a of a manuscript. Oh, so what you're saying is that's like half a ream of paper that's blank with just the cover printed and put. Oh, I'm gonna totally start taking pictures of of any idea <laughs> I have for a book, and that's what it's gonna be, like the title, my name, and that's just gonna be on a ream of paper. Ooh, but I want to tell you, those will be on our Instagram page. <laughs> that's not the that's the title of the book is not on that page. I just pulled up the picture on Twitter, and I have to I have to correct you, Livius. Um, the only reason I know how to correct you is because I got that. Remember, I told you I got that Granta, um, best of young British novelists that has the excerpt from this book in it. Mm-hmm. I'm opening up to that story now, and um, the chapter that is used in here um, is titled at the beginning "Autumn, September to November, 2014." And um, I see September to November, ooh, maybe it's 2015 or 16 on here. But um, it looks like underneath the pen it says something like The Goop. And mm-hmm. that and that makes sense if you've read this chapter. So I think that's a chapter title. I don't think it's uh, um, the title of the, the book. Well, God damn it. Why would he post? All right, never mind. There's a little ball, right, a little shadow under it. So he's got a little bit of clip art in there. Yeah. And uh, at the bottom is a <laughs> clip art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I work with uh, I work with somebody who um, has to put together some stuff in, in a PowerPoint presentation every now and then. And God damn it. This guy must half his salary must go to time for him spent looking for clip art. It's horrifying. And, and it's all I mean, it's, it's clip art. I'm not kidding. It is like Microsoft Word 1997 clip art, like the black silhouette dude with the really long nose and shit like that. No, I mean, no, no, it's it's not quite that. But you get what I'm saying. It is the your old school clip art. It's horrible. Oh, well. I thought you had another thought. You said there was a oh, quote. I did. Yeah. So at the <laughs> bottom, I'm trying to read this. Turning and turning in the widening. Yeah, I can't. It's Gyre. too small on my screen. It's too small on my screen. The falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Near anarchy is loosed upon the world. That's correct. And that's that's by William Butler Yeats from The Second Coming. That's the quote that's under um, the goop. <laughs> Rob said that might be. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Livius, I'm probably going to, the next time we actually see each other in person, hopefully before I move to California, um, give you that book so you can read the chapter because I think it's really going to sell you on on this new book. So here's the thing, though. We need to kind of pump the brakes on our excitement because if, if, if he made it through edits, that means that the publisher now has a finished book that can go into production, which means, Livius, approximately how long before it's going to be available in, on shelves? Probably three and a half years. <laughs> I mean, is that, am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, at least a year. So it's not going to be, I mean, if it's 2018, we're lucky. So I'm, I'm 
I'm guessing 2019. Um, but uh, I think now that Stephen Hall is like best friends with us, we should message him and tell him to get us our arcs. Yeah, and just just tell him. Listen, we'll send you two reams of paper <laughs> and forty dollars for shipping. Yeah, and you're gonna just ship us paper copies. Yeah, yeah, and so. and it is thanks to Livius that Stephen Hall is now. When I say best friends with us, I don't think anybody knows what I mean. But um, we uh, he follows us on Twitter now. He follows the booked podcast on Twitter. He does. He does. I can I can explain. I uh, I turned on one of my coworkers to um, the Bra Shark texts, and I got a message that said I finished the book, and I responded with good stuff and a question mark, and the response was my heart has been overexercised. Stephen Hall is a champion for writers, so I screenshotted that and put it on. You know, I thought. Whenever, like, an author, you know, like, especially if it's an author we know, like, somebody I can just, like, reach out and message or email, if someone says kind words about them, like, I always try to, like, be like, hey, so-and-so read your book and said blah, 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 because that's part of the reward for being an author. It's not just living in the big mansions and driving the really fancy cars, right? <laughs> so I posted yeah. on Twitter, and I tagged Stephen Hall, and he said he made, it made his day, and then he retweeted it, and then he followed us. Which is, uh, yeah, a highlight of uh, of our, our podcasting career. And I think separately he also shared it and said it's nice when things like this happen, you know, unexpected things like this happen or something like that. So, yeah, it obviously made an impression on him that you 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 gave someone the joy of, of Raw Shark Texts. It's really a good book. If you haven't read it, the hell are you waiting for? Yeah, yeah. It's you, Craig Walwork. This guy's your countryman. Go read the book. Yeah, not only did he not read it, but he had a copy and he got rid of it. He gave it to me. I mean, so like I benefited from the whole thing. I'm, not, I'm still going to use it to criticize him. Does it listen? Listen. Do you have it? Does it have the dent of a table leg in it? Like just one? Like kind of, like just indent? No, it must have been in the middle or something because uh, no physical damage from a table. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this as as a little bit of a throwback, <laughs> not not to go back to talking about the View podcast, but. The, the online home for the View podcast, if you're, you know, Kevin Lynn Helmick and you listen through the website, is the, what I was sure was defunct, <laughs> liveazon.com website that was purchased by uh, by Rob, I don't know, a few years ago. And then kind of just used to, to what, to, to, to gain people's, to sell Viagra? Is that what we're doing with it? That's I don't where, remember. <laughs> that's where the Viagra money was coming from. We also use it as basically like a splash page for getting people to sign up for our newsletter. So um, we put that to good use. But my favorite part about this whole thing is I forgot, kind of forgot about Pichos. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you. I think we need to pursue it. I am back on this. Like, listen, we're going to be in California in, in a few weeks, right? Five weeks or something from now. I, I think we need to just go down to the local grocery store and see if we can make Pichos. And make that the official, like, uh, food of, of StokerCon? Yeah, I do something. Listen, so we no longer have Viagra advertisements on our Twitter um, on our Twitter posts, right? So we've got to find a new revenue source, and I'm thinking Pichos might be it. So I'm going to explain for listeners because um, it may not be obvious what the Livazon.com website has to do with Pichos. Um, before we started posting episodes of The View on there, there was one post, 
and the post just the title of the post is because Pichos didn't work out. And actually, I think the um, like you get like a little slug line or whatever for when you have a podcast. There's also like a subtitle for it, and I think because Pichos didn't work out is what we what we put there. Um, so like if you go to liveazon.com, you'll see because Pichos didn't work out. And man, like now that I've been interacting with that website, I'm thinking like I had one moment where I was walking through my apartment and I had just recently had some mind blowing nachos. Did I tell you about these mind blowing nachos? <laughs> this did not come up in conversation. <sighs> All right. So I'm going to take you on a little adventure. So recently um, on a day off, I met the <laughs> um, I met just I think mostly for like proof of life more than anything. Um, Ryan, the quote unquote marketing intern. This is like a week or two ago. No, it was about two weeks ago. Wait, who? Ryan, the marketing intern. I don't remember. I don't. Was that? That was a long time ago, He's right? He's the guy on the sticker that says the marketing intern. Oh, shit. I have that sticker. Yeah. I, I think I remember who you're talking about. Yeah. So I was meeting him, again, just to make sure, just to verify that he's still alive. I think we had more contact with him when he was in China than now that he's back in the United States. And um, we went to, um, there's a brewery in Chicago for people who aren't nearby called Half Acre. And that's where we had dinner, uh, me and Ryan and, a, and another friend, Matt. And... We ordered a bunch of food, but we also ordered nachos to share. And their nachos were just heavenly. And they were so good that um, I ordered another order to take home with me because they were deconstructed nachos. So they basically gave you each individual ingredient and instructions on how to make it. I'm glad you followed up with that because I was like, those had to be the soggiest nachos ever if you took them home with you. No, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it was fresh and goddamn perfect because they give you this like you know aluminum tin full of the chips and then everything else in little containers and then when you get home you put the cookable stuff on and then you put it in the oven and then you pull it out and you put the peppers and the other stuff on top of it and it was just as delicious and i was like i am a chef and so um and then i see the website and it says pichos didn't work out and i'm thinking man if i could do the same thing but with like the elements of a pie Dude, money. The hardest part is going to be to get the crust yeah. in a way where you can use it to scoop up pie and stuff. <laughs> I've been yeah. thinking a lot about this lately. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I was like, how do we – there's got to be – so I, I think I've got it though. You've got to be able to buy like a mold of some sort to make little triangles. Yeah. And then I, I guess however you make pie crust. Like we're not we're not experts. Rob just said he's a chef because he assembled some pre-made nachos together. That's like our <laughs> That's like our skill level. But, yeah, seriously, we would do that, and then we would just take whatever goes in a pie, like sugar and deliciousness, and, and you know, pile it on there, and then you would just, yeah, I'm telling you, we're going to work on this. One part sugar, one part deliciousness, one part pie chips? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah. calling them crust chips sounds terrible, so I don't think we're going to call them crust chips. We're going to have to come up with another name. Yeah, crust, yeah, the word crust, almost never a good word. Um Chos. Yeah. Maybe we'll just call those Chos. Do you think that guy's still mad about us making fun of his name? <laughs> There's a good chance. We haven't heard from him, and, and sometimes anger manifests in silence. Oh, God. Hopefully he's not at the StokerCon and just, like, runs up to you and stabs you repeatedly. He's like, my name is not Pie Chos. It's whatever I said when I corrected you. 
Right, exactly. So, any rate. <laughs> and I'm just hearing pie shows because, and then I'm hungry and being stabbed. <sighs> he's gonna, you know I said he's going to stab you, right? Because I could not run you. Dude, you've never seen me run. I'm pretty yeah. fast well, for a big guy, well, and I'm losing when, weight, so. Well, when this guy shows up with a knife, we're going to find out. That's going to be the race. I didn't smoke for, like, three decades, so, um, like somebody else I know. So, I might yep. be. All right. I, I, I smell I smell a race coming out of Long Beach one way or the other. Oh, oh, out on the sand. It'll be like a scene out of fucking Baywatch. <laughs> oh, yes. Hey, can it be the scene out of the new Baywatch with Alexandra D'Addario? Because she is, she's hotter than Sherilyn Fenn. All right. Hold on. What's her name? Alexandra D'Addario. D-A-D-D-A-R-I-O. I got to tell you, when I type in Alexandra and her name doesn't come up in like, oh, there it is. But it's under a wiki. She's the bottom result, like not, you know, the auto populated. Um, Yeah, you have a type. You definitely have a type. If she is not the new crazy swaying dancing girl in the new Twin Peaks, then (laughs) then it's miscast. Dude, she was in um, True Detective. She was, oh, she was what's his name's girlfriend, right? Yeah, the one that got took her took her gear off. That's where I fell in love with her when she was naked. <laughs> That's where you fall in love with most women, from my understanding. Yeah, and soon after, out of love. Yeah, well, that's sometimes that's what happens. So, so. Um, oh, so, um, while, so race on the beach. Yeah, we'll race on the videotape. Beach. It, videotape it. <laughs> I can't wait, wait for that. Does the iPhone have like a slow motion, like where yes. you can do? Okay, this is yeah. all perfect. And I think we have, a, we have a trailer for our new video podcast. <laughs> this is going to be the, so good. The Mike Davis show. I want to say as well, at Stoker, there's another thing that I we, we talked about me doing out there that I don't know if you're going to let me do, though. And it has to do with an elevator. Dude, you can play the elevator game all you want. If you disappear like that, I'll, I'll carry on just just in your memory. If that's how you go out. So quick, man. So quick to just... <laughs> Wow, I was listening to um, an audio description of that game. I was telling you about that Tannis podcast, yeah, and that comes up in there, and it's creepy listening to someone explain it. Like we read about it, yeah, and, and you know, you know, just from a web page, and we talked about it, but just hearing somebody describe it is it's it's really a little unsettling. Yeah, that's why I was kind of pissed when we did our episode and you didn't read all the rules. I was like, that's kind of why it's, that's kind of the fun of it. But anyway. I didn't. I didn't ever tell you I was pissed. I was just internally pissed. <laughs> and I'm gonna get stabbed in California because it's <laughs> when been I festering. Un- when yeah. I outrun Pichos. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's coming up, and uh, really excited about that. Now, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I hate to keep going back to the This Is Horror Awards. Do we know <laughs> are the Lovecraft people going to be on the panel about podcasts? At the the StokerCon, formerly known as the World Horror Convention, or is that just us? So I do have some. I have been in in contact uh, with some of the organizers for the StokerCon, and as to to the best of my knowledge, they will not be on the panel about horror and podcasts. Hmm, that's interesting. So no, no, Mike that's... Davis on the guest list for that panel, at least that I'm aware of. And and things could change. Well, but, yeah, um, now that he's uh this is horror winner for eight different categories. Maybe, maybe Stoker, maybe the Stoker people are, are flying him in, putting him up in a suite somewhere. Maybe they'll bump us. Oh God. Wouldn't that be terrible? Well, then we just have to get pie Joe's to stab Mike Davis. 
Stabbed it? Yeah, no kidding. We'll be like, he's the one that told us how to say your name. Yeah. <laughs> it's all perfect. And then you and I go back to frolicking and running on the beach. That's right. We have a nice little jaunt down the beach. I see no motion. downside to any of this. See, this is this this is why this is why people can't can't bring us down. This is why we've been doing this for six years, because we make plans and we stick to them. Yeah, that's that's exactly that's why. what we do. <laughs> all right. While we're while we're talking about horror, I'm gonna tell you, I had a I had a a brush with someone who claims loosely to have connections to one of the biggest horror writers in the world. So uh, I'm gonna Jake JK Rowling? No. No. But here I'm gonna I tell excited. you how this, I'm trying to think about how to tell you this because I don't I, although I have a note that this is something we could talk about, I've not formulated like an idea <laughs> of how to talk about this. So there is a a, a person who um, approached me at work. And this person likes to throw out um, big names. Um, and, and maybe he knows these people and maybe he doesn't. So I, I don't want to say too much about it. But we get to a point in the conversation where after he's talked about so-and-so he knows works with Warren Buffett and this, <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? So yeah. so it, it come, the, the, the topic of travel comes up. And I say, well, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going uh, next month uh, to to this this thing in California and what thing. And I said, well, it's, it's basically it was the World Horror Convention. It's now the Stoker Con. He goes, oh, oh, yeah, you're into that stuff. And I said, yeah. He goes, oh, well, hold on, hold on a second. And he goes to his phone and scrolls <laughs> about a hundred emails back in his phone. Right. So this takes like I don't know, like a minute. And he says, ah, oh, you're probably familiar with this name then. And he shows me the phone. Just quick enough for me to see that it says Stephen King <laughs> as the sender. Okay. Uh -huh. They kind of snatches the phone back. What he doesn't understand is I read frighteningly fast <laughs> compared to the average person, right? <laughs> so I saw that it's Stephen King, but that Stephen King apparently, in, in at least in personal communication with people, changes the spelling of his name to S T E V E N instead of S T E P H E N. <laughs> I mean, that, uh,. But, and then okay. I actually made out the subject line was like five things you should know or whatever. So it wasn't even like a like a hey bro. Yeah. <laughs> like it was it was just, you know, it's like the stuff we get in the book to count from all the different like services we're signed up for, right? Like <laughs> Shopify is like three ways to get more people to buy your stuff or whatever. But yeah, so I want people to know that if you're friends with Stephen King, the way you know that is you get the other spelling of his name. Apparently, and, and clickbait emails, and clickbait emails. Well, mate, listen. Sometimes, sometimes I'm gonna start sending you emails. <laughs> they have those types of headings. It'd be like five things you should know about the podcast we're recording tonight. God damn it! Yeah. If so, we ever communicated via email, I'd be concerned, but we never so, do. So really, I just wanted you to know that I talked to somebody who knows Stephen King. That I mean. So you would think that the the closer of a relation you have with someone famous who is in your kind of frame of reference of the world would be a good thing, but I cannot tell you how often that just never pans out. Like, um, did I tell you the weird connection to Jillian Flynn that I have at work? I I don't think so. Um, a coworker apparently um, is. Uh, I'm trying to think of exactly how this goes. So uh, it's something like a coworker is friends with someone 
who's married to a relative of Gillian Flynn or some sort of connection like that to the point where it's almost a it's it's basically a, a two degree like a two degree separation maybe whatever like it's Jillian and then the family member mm-hmm. right and then the yeah and then the other and then the friend or whatever and jokingly of course I'm like oh yeah well so you can get Jillian Flynn on my podcast and he's like oh yeah I've been talking to my friend about it and I'm like what Are you, <laughs> what but he was all excited that he was trying to get Jillian Flynn to come on the podcast and in my mind I'm like. Yeah, that's never going to work. <laughs> what the fuck are we going to talk to Jillian Flynn about? We'd have to read one of her books. God damn it. Yeah, that's the thing. Whose dumb idea was it to only talk to people whose work we've read? Probably yours. Probably I, don't, I don't have any integrity. We know that. <laughs> that's that's Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, did I say that with a little too much venom? Is that... <laughs> no, no, no. I'm immune to your barbs by now. But I, I, that, I guess my point is like, we probably have a strikingly large number of like close connections to to big name authors or authors that we're fans of that will never pan out into any kind of um you know real connection or or benefit to us we're also terrible about like pursuing anything so yeah, long time listeners will know rob earlier said jokingly that you know we make plans and we follow through <laughs> we have great fucking ideas but then we're like, oh, you mean I got a, I got an email? I've got an email. So it's sitting in the inbox for like three weeks. <laughs> I know about, exactly what you you're wanna, talking about. So I'm, I'm just going to say, do you want to interview George Romero? <laughs> yeah, we want to interview George Romero. But I have to respond to this goddamn email in order to do it. So that may or may not ever happen. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. And the funny thing about that is like every now and then I'm flipping through email and I'm like, yeah, when's Livia's going to reply to that one? <laughs> Yeah, this is this is <sighs> yeah, we're, we're we're not good at pursuing things. I guess is really yeah. what it comes down to, and, yeah. and that's fine. Like we have our own like pace that we do things at. I mean, it's a it's a breakneck pace. I mean, we're still a weekly podcast for six years for fuck's sake. But like, <laughs> uh, I don't know how much effort I want to put into talking to somebody. But that's not Rob. Yeah, so. all the big stuff that comes our way too. Like um, every now and then, one of us gets a wild hair. And we're like, oh, I'm going to send this email to this person or I'm going to tweet to this person. And then when someone responds, then like then the reality of the work that's involved to get, you know, to get them on the podcast kind of sets in. And we just start like feeling less and less excited about it. And then it happens. And we're like, oh, that was fun. But there's just that work like um, having Jeffrey Craner on the podcast from um, Welcome to Night Vale was awesome. And just on a whim, one day I sent out an email saying, "Hey, we'd like to interview these guys." And then they got the we got the email back saying that they're going to do it. And then it was like, "Oh God." <laughs> we love we love the vast majority of our guests, and I'm saying that in all honesty, <laughs> the vast majority of our guests, all but one. And it's always fun. There's probably like two or three. Yeah. It's always fun to 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 do the interviews, um, but. <laughs> So from a podcast standpoint, let me here's intro to podcasting. You would think that if you get <laughs> like a big name author, if you get like Jeffrey Craner, Welcome to Night Vale is a goddamn podcast. It's one of the biggest in the world. It's got to be in the top 15, right? Sure, Easily. OK, so the listeners, they're, they're already listeners of a podcast. So I get it. You, you get a big time author on. And even if, if that author has has been a New York Times bestseller or or, you know, has a huge following. His core audience are people who read books. So you may or you may not get them to listen. 
when you have somebody on from one of the biggest podcasts, you would think if I shuffled episode numbers around and showed them to anybody, nobody could pick out of like five, which one the Jeffrey Craner interviews, because it looks very similar to all of our other podcasts. <laughs> but every now and then we'll just review a book. No particular reason that we can think of <laughs> that has a huge spike in downloads above and beyond the other ones. There's just there's no rhyme or reason to it. So although we have fun doing it. I think we don't pursue. I think early on we pursued that kind of thing more because we thought like, oh, this will help us grow our, our our listener base, and it didn't. So if you're starting out a podcast and you have the opportunity to talk to Stephen King, it's not going to do shit for you other than give you the ability to say you talk to Stephen King is really what it comes down to. Yeah, with a PH or a V, either one. For the record, um, just to illustrate Livius's point, um, the episode that came out approximately ten days after the Jeffrey Craner interview. Uh, the Craner interview got us a decent number of downloads, um, but the interlude episode that happened immediately after that has 40 more downloads than the Craner interview does. Yeah, so really, I think what that what we're trying to say is that people want to listen to us more than they do to to, to like big name guys. So, you know, if you want to bump up your your whatever your readership or whatever, have us in your book. Is that how it works? Boom. I'm trying to get yeah. the exact opposite of what Wait, we do. Like make make us a character in the book. Yeah, it's been done. Yeah, several times now that I think of it. Yeah, so do that. How are those books doing? Let's get some math going on that. I, I think we're just falling down a rabbit hole of boring bullshit that no one cares about. But <laughs> I'm having fun with it. I like and that's it. really what it I'm comes down to, it. right? Like, we, we do the podcast for our own personal enjoyment. Yeah, I'm here for me and yep. a little bit for you. All right, Rob, do we have anything else <laughs> since you've mentioned the rabbit <laughs> hole and the boring stuff? Anything listeners might be interested in? Um, I want you to know that I cried today. <laughs> oh, that's shocking. Wait, let yeah, me guess. I know. Let me guess. Did you watch a movie from like the mid nineties? Um, you're half right about that. I watched a movie, um, but it's a current movie. I watched that movie Arrival. Yeah, I've did, seen it. Did you see it? I did. Did you Did you cry? Did you cry when you watched it? <laughs> no, but I, I, I it, yeah, it was, it was. It's a weird movie, man. I, it's a great movie. So let's 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 talk about this as a movie. It is a movie where aliens come to the Earth, right? I was going to say to America, but specifically, like the not specifically, less specifically, the whole the whole world. Yeah, yeah. And there is a shocking lack of like planes versus spaceships, or like laser guns versus machine guns, or abduction. I mean, like, I didn't know what to expect when I watched it, and I wasn't exactly expecting Independence Day. <laughs> But man, is that a low key fucking movie or what? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like one of those movies where uh um it's not an action movie. <laughs> That's the only thing you can say about it. But um I, I don't want to spoil it, but um I'll just tell you there was such uh, a huge amount of emotion involved with um Amy Adams character, Louise, right? That was her name? Uh maybe I saw it a couple months ago, but yeah, that sounds right. And so, like, so first of all, and and it totally paid off for me because when I saw the trailer for this originally, like months and months ago, my thought was, finally, someone fucking realized when aliens show up on our planet, you send the word person. Like, it finally, someone figured out that's the person that has to go meet the aliens. Right, she's a linguistics specialist, I guess, for anybody who didn't. Isn't familiar. Yeah, not some fucking idiot with a gun 
because we know how that's going to go every time. If they could make it here from another planet, our guns aren't going to take care of them. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, this send the word person. So, like, for me, I, on that level, I was already connected with the movie, and that part totally paid off for me all the way through. Um, I liked the way that um, the, the, the time aspect um, was represented as well. I'm not going to say any more, but, like, for me, like, the big payoff was realizing how time worked or was was incorporated I guess was incorporated into the storytelling. It is definitely um it's one of those movies you have to pay attention to, I guess. It's not like the movie you kind of put in on the back in the background like while you're doing stuff. Right. Um, right it was right. a very very enjoyable movie, but I mean I know it did really well, but that's the kind of movie you only how do I say this? You only recommend like you can't recommend it to everybody. If that oh makes yeah, sense. I wouldn't. Like, I, I'd, I'd recommend it to smart people, not stupid people. <laughs> okay, that's that's another way to say it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, I watched something almost like that last night, though. It's similar, kind of. Was it thing. from Korea? No, it was from wow. the United States. Um, this is it was my I don't know thirty eighth viewing maybe of Flash Gordon. <laughs> oh God! Have you ever seen it? The like nineteen eighty, maybe eighty two, eighty four. I guess I could look this up, but let me. I'm going to ask you something, um, and if the if you if you say yes, then I will say that I have seen Flash Gordon. Okay. Is there ever a scene where there's some sort of fight going on, and there's like some weird spiky hovering discs that they're standing on? <laughs> sort of. Yes. Yeah. Then I might have seen Flash Gordon. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's there there's a platform that like tilts and like spikes come up through it. That that's yeah. towards the getting towards the climax of of the movie. Yep, I've it has it. the iconic, the iconic part where he fights Ming's guard or whatever, and he uses the this, this these little balls as like a football, where he he totally does like fights them as a quarterback from a football team. That's like, horrible. Fucking amazing. All I kept thinking about last night, so it's from 1980. I looked it up. All I kept thinking about is why the fuck wasn't the view where we watch some fucking movie from the 80s and talk about it? Why oh, the hell someone's do we have doing to go that? 48 episodes. People are talking about Twin Peaks too, which, quite honestly, embarrassingly <laughs> enough, I had no idea until we'd already committed to doing it. I wound up looking, I don't even remember what the hell I was looking for. And I was like, oh, my God, there are like 10 other podcasts where they do nothing but talk about Twin Peaks. You didn't realize the cult status of Twin Peaks? Nope. All right. All right. Or maybe the cult status of podcasts. I don't know. I didn't realize there were so many of them. So I'm going to predict that there's also a cult status for Flash Gordon. I think there's podcasts that, that talk. Well, and I, I wanted to do just movies in general where we could like trade off. Like I would pick Flash Gordon and then you inevitably would pick. What's that fucking movie? The the like one that was based on a comic book. Scott Pilgrim. That one. You'd be like, we're gonna Scott Pilgrim next week, and then I would be like, oh, something from fucking Korea. All right, so I'm on iTunes. So first of all, the podcast is called the the View. It's not the the we just we only ever watch TV shows podcast. So I think there's a little bit of an opening oh, there. Oh, oh, I oh, so like special <laughs> episodes. I see what you're. I, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> 
Like, anyway, um, if we do it, we're totally fucking watching Flash Gordon because there's so much to talk about in that movie. That could be our interlude in between seasons. We do a uh, cheesy old movie. So there is a podcast called Adventures of Flash Gordon podcast. Um, there are plenty of Flash Gordon episodes of other podcasts like the Saturday Night Freak Show, uh, Movie House Memories. Um, yeah. So I think I think Flash Gordon is talked about in podcasts. The Flash Gordon podcast looks like it's um, maybe old um, stories. Oh, like, yeah, like Brett, it looks like a fiction. serialized yeah. fiction or something like mm-hmm. that. Yep. I'm all I'm saying probably a little bit of a cult status if it's got that much. Uh, That's true. Oh no, there's on. there's a huge fan base for it. Nikki Gerlain is the only other person I know who loves it as much and probably more than I do, to be quite honest. But, um, God, I love that movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was on man cave movie reviews. How could you not have caught that? Mm. podcast? Mm. Anyway, um, I, I do want to tell you about one thing cause you brought up Scott Pilgrim. It reminded me that there's a movie that's coming out that I'm very excited to see. Did we talk about Baby Driver? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> if I just gave you the title of a movie and it was Baby Driver, what would your guess be? Uh, guy carjacks a car and there's an infant in the back. Oh, interesting. Um, it is a movie written and directed by Edgar Wright, who was the director for Scott Pilgrim and um, the Shaun of the Dead movie. Hot Fuzz and The World's End. So he did all those um, mm-hmm. Simon Pegg movies, the Cornetto trilogy. Um, that has a name. Why? Yeah. Why is it called the Cornetto trilogy? I guess that's a type of ice cream in the UK. And um, in each movie, at some point during the movie, someone's eating a different flavor. I think of Cornetto, like their little like ice cream cone things that you like buy at the grocery store. Got it. Didn't you weren't aware of that? No. With your vast knowledge of movies, um, that was a that was a shot. Yeah, no, I got it. That was a shot for the for the listeners. I wanted to make them to make sure. Um, so it's a new movie written and directed by uh, Edgar Wright, and I think the general idea is that this guy is a getaway driver, and he's in in deep with some bad guys, some like mobbish kind of guys, and uh, his girlfriend gets involved, and so it's like an action movie, but it it looks good. So on IMDb, people who liked this also liked Atomic Blonde. Now I'm down for that. Which is Charlize <laughs> Theron. What? Uh, Charlize Theron is in it. I guess I don't know if she is the the Atomic Blonde. I'm going to assume. But it's a, an undercover MI6 agent is sent to Berlin during the Cold War to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents. Wow. I'm gonna. How, when was this released? Uh, it's coming out in July. Oh, good. We're there. Um, Baby Driver, here's one of the things I like. Kevin Spacey, I think, is the main bad guy. It's got John Hamm in it. It's got Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jamie Foxx. I mean, it's got good, it's got a good cast, and, like, the trailer looks good. And everything Edgar Wright's ever done has been amazing, so. Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead was, was pretty good. I didn't like Hot Fuzz or The End of the World. I didn't like either one of those. You love Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah, yeah, great <laughs> stuff. 
All right, we're going to wrap it up. <sighs> yeah. If you didn't get enough um, of us this week, remember the View podcast is available. Um, the pilot episode is up. Um, probably not too long after you hear this, uh, episode two will be up. So go catch episodes two, three, and four of Twin Peaks. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. I'm not sure what's next week. We're going to talk about that as soon as we're done with this. Sounds good. So join us next week. And uh, before you do that, uh, catch up on The View so you can start contributing to our conversation for that and be a part of our conversation. I already said that. So anyway, until next time, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Keep reading.